welcome Church Project. We're glad that you're joining us here today. And, and I say Church Project almost in the Catholic sense. I don't know where you're joining us from, but anywhere in the world, if you're joining us here, um, you, you found us somehow on, on, on the Church Project online platform. So we're glad that you're here today. Um, I believe in the ecclesia. I believe in the church at, la- at large, the global church. And so wherever you're at, I pray that this message just really speaks to you, that it, that it hits you in the heart and hits you in the head in a way where it's like it's such an encouraging message today that you are part of the priesthood of the saints, the Catholic church, the ecclesia at large. And so welcome, uh, welcome to, to join us this morning. Um, I'm Aaron, and I'm giving the the message today. The message is peace over conflict. And we're continuing our series just looking in the book of Proverbs. And today's message is peace over conflict. Last week, if you joined us, Todd Welsh did an incredible job from Waypoints Church. And the topic that he spoke on was hope over despair. And I can't think of a time better than right now where that message was so important to all of us. As we're going through COVID-19 and we're all experiencing a change up and about anything and everything we've ever done, all our routines are a little scattered. To hear that it's an opportunity to choose hope over despair was so encouraging. And so, Todd, thank you for giving that message. Today, though, the message of peace over conflict, I want us to start out just by asking this question. What does peace look like through the eyes of hope? So we're talking about peace over conflict. And so let's think back on last week's message. And the question is, what does peace look like through the eyes of hope? See, I think as Christians, we have great hope. Our external stuff can be happening and going on and there can be chaos all around us. But if we have hope and we can look at life through that, what does peace look like for people that have great hope? So let's dive into this message today. There's a lot of opinions and there's a lot of voices going on during this great pause. That's what we're calling this, the great pause. There are so many people with so many opinions and so many voices that are going out. This is a great time for us to determine where our peace comes from. Social media is everywhere. News is everywhere. Voices and opinions are everywhere. And I just have a sneaky suspicion that voices and opinions will only get louder from this point moving forward. Everyone has a platform. Everyone wants to say some, say something. And there's shiny objects everywhere around us offering peace or, or programs that, that can make you a peaceful person. But the reality is this, is if we wake up in the morning, and we internally don't have peace, and we don't see the world through the lens of hope and having peace, and it's inside, it's just not in us, we might wake up and start Googling for options, and shiny objects will come and bring us so many different like voices and opinions as to how to be people of peace. And so I want to say this from the very beginning, the world inside you creates the world around you. And Todd said that last week. He's been saying it for a year or two at Waypoints, but I want to repeat that again this week. The world inside you creates the world around you. So what's inside you comes out. There's no possible way that if we don't have peace on the inside, that our external world will have peace. 
And so choosing peace over conflict starts with internal peace in us. And if you don't live with internal peace, you will never experience external peace. If I wake up tomorrow morning and I'm not a a person of peace, then there is no way that I will find peace in any of the shiny objects, in any of the voices, in any of the opinions around me. You see, I'm human in flesh, but can you believe that? Like a pastor, I'm actually human. I have feelings and emotions. And hey, a few years ago, there was a a time when when I was going through something kind of dark and I didn't know really how to process it. I didn't quite have the the optimism. Uh, I didn't look like with optimism, whatever word that is, positively towards the world. I was struggling with some things. I I was maybe experiencing a little bit of depression and withdrawing. And I I was just considering like, what's going on right now? And it was during this time that I decided to pray and and really seek a lot of godly uh, counsel from people around me. But also, and I encourage you to do this as well, I I sought professional help. And so I went to a counselor and, and he really helped me unpack a lot of things. And as the counselor lovingly, he was a Christian guy, was lovingly counseling me through some things, it really came to mind some thoughts that, that I finally were able to put some words to some things. And as a pastor, I'd been pastoring for 20 years at this point, and I began to realize that I have occupational hazards as a pastor. And I don't know what vocation you're in and what you do, but I imagine there's occupational hazards in your vocation as well, especially if we don't have boundaries around us of how we operate and work and all that. But as I was going through this counseling, this counselor helped me realize that one of my occupational hazards is that oftentimes I'll find myself in a meeting with someone loving, like I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to counsel them, open God's counsel and scripture to them. And Oftentimes what would happen, one of my occupational hazards is people's internal conflict that they weren't people of peace and maybe not walking with God or in line with what God had for them. Their internal conflict would also oftentimes come out in external ways. So what that looks like oftentimes as a pastor is that internal conflict, they start blaming me. They start blaming me because they're mad at God and they don't have peace inside. And so there's no way that I'm able to offer that. And so they would just start attacking possibly me just as a person. Aaron, you're whatever. You know, I don't agree with you. You're terrible, whatever. Or the church. How dare the church? It hurt me. And oftentimes it was just because internally there was not peace in that person, an occupational hazard. And so why was I going through a hard time? Well, the counselor helped me walk through to realize that what I was doing in those moments is I was going to the table and I was trying to lovingly help people. But also part of my occupation was if I'm going to be this in the long term, I kind of got to protect myself a little bit. And so I was I was putting walls up and I was really starting to, in essence, create a, a hard heart so I could protect myself. The problem is there's no way that I could do that vocationally and then go home open my door and suddenly have a soft heart. It was hard because internally I was trying to protect myself and wall myself off, but I couldn't separate. I couldn't just go home and suddenly have a soft heart and be there. I was not a person of peace and I needed to learn better boundaries. If you don't live with internal peace, you will never experience external peace. There's so many voices, there's so many opinions of this world that don't necessarily lead to peace. 
We can look at all these programs that lead to peace, whatever, but they oftentimes don't necessarily lead to peace. Here's what we say about opinions. Everyone has one. They're like, never mind, you can look that up later. But opinions and voices sometimes will help, sometimes will not. What I want to do is I want us to dive in to the great counselor. I want us to dive in and look at Jesus. I want us to dive into scripture, the the word that's going to last for eternity, the stuff that's really going to impact us. And so if we want to be men and women of peace, that we're choosing peace over conflict, let's see what Jesus had to say. Let's see how he had to live it, how he lived his life in scripture. So Jesus is the great counselor. As the great counselor, he's instructing his disciples. If you would open your Bible to John 16, 33. And Jesus is instructing his disciples. And this is what he says. He says, this is what's to come. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. As Christians, we get the opportunity to choose to be people of peace or to choose to walk in conflict. And Jesus is saying, listen, the world is filled with chaos. You're going to have many trials and many sorrows. It's going, to, it's going to just throw different things at you every day. But because you have me, I have overcome the world. And as Christians, our prayer and our desire is that we would chase after the things of Jesus. We would long to replicate him. We would mentor under him. There's a cheesy bumper sticker, and maybe you've seen it, but it kind of says this. It says this, no Jesus, no peace, no Jesus, no peace. And the only difference is the spelling, right? No Jesus, N-O, no peace, N-O. But no Jesus, K-N-O-W, no peace. And isn't that true? Like, I'm not going to go get that bumper sticker. I think it's cheesy, but isn't that true? Like, if we don't know Jesus, there's no way that internally we're going to walk with peace. And when we look at Jesus in the scripture, we see Jesus living a life where he chose peace over conflict. Not a life of just where he acquiesced or, or, or gave over consent by silence or without objection. No, we don't see Jesus just forfeiting fight and becoming just pacifist in the Bible. No, we see Jesus who fought and fights for peace. And I know it sounds a little different, but Jesus fought and fights for peace. And so I want to look at his life just real quick in three areas. Peace and identity. He fought for peace in his worldview. He fought for and peace in his actions. He fought for. See, the identity is that internal stuff that drives us. The worldview is how we see the world at large and and how we 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 know that our place in this world, what that is. But then our actions is how that actually plays out in our everyday. And so look at Jesus. People around him were trying to attack his identity and steal it. But he was a, a man of peace in his identity. And so they would say, you're a tyrant. You're a vigilante. Who are you? Are you the son of God? And you see Jesus simply saying this, I am. I am. That internal peace, he knew who he was. And in his worldview, he was attacked all the time as as well. But he was a man of peace in in the way that he saw the world. See, the the Jewish people especially, they're like, our great liberator's here. He's going to set us free. He's going to lead us to victory. We're going to win great battles. And he's like, I am the great liberator. But you know how I see the world and my place in this world is to love others. 
And then he goes on later and tells us as Christians, our job is to what? Love God and love others. And so he knows he has great peace as to the way he sees the world. And then also the last, lastly, in his peace and his actions, the way that he lived his life was a man of peace in what he did. He knew what he was here to do. And he says it really simply, I'm here to do the will of my father. And so you see Jesus lived in peace with his identity, his worldview, and his actions. When we live with peace, we will fight for it in all aspects of our life. When we live with peace, we will fight for it in all aspects of our life. We will pick our battles and we know that peace is worth fighting for. Jesus fully knew peace. This is what he spent his days preaching, was this gospel of peace. Peace. Now, I know we may not be happy with where we're at right now and what's going on. Our prayer should be, God, we choose you. We choose to trust you and we choose to follow you. And in a very real sense, to do even what Paul did. You know, Paul, who was the human vessel that kind of authored a lot of the New Testament. One of the things that he says is, I've learned to be content with much. I've learned to be content with little. I've learned to be content on top of my game, at the bottom of my game, when I'm winning great victories and when I'm just suffering great defeats and I've failed. He says, I've learned to be content. So what I want to challenge us to do today is to walk through what I'm calling our IWA. What is your IWA? And when I say IWA, it's cheesy, I know, but Think of it as like a WWJD bracelet, right? Our IWA, and that is our identity, our worldview, and our actions. So how do, you, how do you see yourself? Are you a person that chooses peace in your IWA? And I'd encourage you to write one this week. I'm gonna go through what kind of what, one of my, like this is my IWAs. And I wrote it this week thinking, how do I choose, Aaron Havens, how do I choose to be a man of peace in my identity, my worldview, and my actions, just like we see Jesus doing? So I'd encourage each of us to write our own IWA, but I'm going to give you an insight into mine, okay? Being a person of identity, Isaiah 54.10 says this, for the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then, My faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord who has mercy on you. And our identity of our covenant, God's covenant with us will never be broken. That's like good parenting. I know that as a parent, it's not my job to shame my girls and to cause conflict in them. My job is to train them up so they'll walk in identity, confident in who they are, not shaken at the core. And Jesus says right now that I will not break my covenant of blessing with you. And if we're driven by that identity as Christians, our world will not be shaken and we'll be men and women of peace. And so we see that, I see that in in what I'm aiming for in my peace and identity. And then let's look at my piece of worldview. And what are you going to write this week? What's, what scripture are you going to put to these? But here's mine. In my worldview, Proverbs 16, 7, when people's lives lived, uh, lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. I know, I know it sounds a little strange, but I want to view the world that way. I want to view the world that my life lives in such a way that it pleases the Lord. And if that's the case, even my enemies will pursue peace with me. 
what would it look like if all Christians, that's what we did. We woke up and it's like, God, use my actions, use my life. May it please you. And that's our goal. Like, God, may, may I please you in such a way that people look at us and go, I want to live at peace with them. They have something that I want. That's how I choose to see the world. How do you choose to see the world? And let's look at our actions here. I choose to be a man of peace in my actions. And here's a couple of verses. Hebrews 12, 14. Live, work, work at living with peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. I want to I wanna work at living at peace. My actions, I want to work at being a man of peace. And Proverbs 15, 1 through 2 says this, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. It's more important to be in a right relationship than to be right. Like I want my actions to be loving and compelling and gentle. I want my words to be gentle to people. I want to be a man of that is peace internally, but is also projecting peace in my relationships, encouraging people, knowing that I don't have to be right all the time. Maybe I'm going to sacrifice being right just so I can be compelling and gentle to you, my brothers and sisters. Let's choose peace. And when I think about this, I, I, I think this is important that we would choose peace. I mean, one of the fruits of the spirits we see in Galatians 5 is peace, that we would love God so much that we would be known for our peace. We've seen so far in COVID and in our world that fear is contagious. We would all agree fear is contagious, but we also get the opportunity to fling and sling hope, to be prophets of hope, to be carriers of hope and to be carriers of peace. It is contagious as well. So may we strive to be peacefully internally. May we strive to, to please God with our, with our peace and our actions and everything in the world around us be drawn to be more in love with God and to be people of peace as well. My prayer is that tomorrow, Today, even that we would determine to let our days be dawned in the way of the Lord. So tomorrow, when you wake up, may your prayer, may my be prayer be this. God, as you're dawning today, beautiful sunrise, a beautiful existence today. May my life be lived to please you. And may I be a person of peace. I want to end with this today. Just Philippians 4, 4 through 9 says this. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, listen to this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right, and pure, lovely and admirable, and think about these such things. They are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice what you've learned from me and received from me and everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. May we this week 
Pray on and focus on what is true and honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. And may we be people of peace. There's a cool blessing in the Bible. It's called the Aaronic blessing. I know, pretty cool. But I want to give and leave you with this blessing today. And so if you would, just close your eyes. Receive this scripture, this blessing over you. And it's found, uh, I don't know where it's found. Oh, number six, uh, verses 24 through 26. And here it is. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God, I pray for everyone here, everyone listening, that we would be men and women that choose peace over conflict. That tomorrow morning when the sun rises, we'd be so thankful that you've given us this day, our breath, another gift of life. And we would choose to follow you, to trust you, Even if the world around us is in chaos and in conflict, may we be men and women that choose to trust you and to be driven by our internal peace. And may that be so compelling that others want to know and love you more. And all God's people said, amen. I love you, church. Can't wait to be with you soon. But until then, blessings.